Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to a, another episode of On the Ground with your boy Justin Brown. It's me, Justin, and I'll start this episode off wishing all the mothers that are listening to this podcast a happy belated Mother's Day to you and yours. All the moms, the aunts, the single moms, this is your day. To, or Sunday was your day, rather. You get shown the respect and love and appreciation that all mothers deserve as determined by whoever makes calendars. You thank that guy or a lady for thinking of Mother's Day and putting that on there. So appreciate y'all. And, you know, this is your day. So, so it was your day. So I hope you soaked it up. Hope you got all the gifts and prizes and love and meals and all the beautiful things that you deserve on Mother's Day. Um, because when Father's Day <laughs> rolls around, uh, I, I don't really want to hear it. That's for fathers and, you know, for people that didn't have a father, feel like their mother did it. Uh, I mean, I mean that's your decision. But same time, one day a person, that's my feeling. You know I mean, I think my mom and my dad both did, like, motherly and fatherly things each. So I'm not celebrating them both on each day. I, I show them love in general. And give them like an extra uh, dinner on me on those days. You know? well, I'm celebrating each person on their own respective day. You know what I mean? I'm not celebrating Malcolm X on a Memorial Day. You know what I mean? I'm not celebrating uh, Abraham Lincoln on Halloween. So take your day. Soak it up. Enjoy it. And I hope it went well. I really did. I really do. Uh, but what's been going on this week, man? A first and foremost, positive vibes out to for a couple things. First thing, first is going to be Bill Russell, the legendary Celtic, Mister, I believe eleven eleven rings himself, uh, the most dominant black player of all time in basketball was um, hospitalized early Saturday morning this morning, uh, May nineteenth. So. I hope everything went well. It turns out he was only there for a few hours. Um, and I guess he popped right back out. It's feeling okay. So, you know, keep him around as, he wants to, as long as he wants to be kept around, man. He trailblazed so much in basketball that, uh, you know, he deserves the best things. And he deserves respect from all sides of the aisle. So I don't care if you're a Lakers fan or not. You better send some positive vibes out to that dude. Without him, there's no Kobe or Magic. Or uh, Kareem, or Lonzo Ball. <laughs> uh, that guy still stinks, but I hope he has a uh, future ahead of him. And then, secondly, more importantly, positive vibes out to the people of Santa Fe High School, or the high school in Santa Fe that got uh, shot up this past week uh, on anti-bullying week. I think of all weeks, it's terrible to hear. Uh, just glad personally that wasn't a black kid that did it. The white guys, I think, were um, might have been pissed about what happened in Parkland. I know that was a Hispanic student, and that's I mean, school shootings are really their thing, so <laughs> I guess uh, they wanted their title back. So, uh, swiftly but surely, after all the rallies and the TV stuff, another kid decides to shoot up a school, and I believe that's oh, 400. I think I read a stat where it says since 2011, the uh, the U.S. and I think the U.K. have had the most school shootings. 
with the UK coming in a whopping, oh, actually, let me say the US coming in a, a, uh, only 423 school shootings in the past seven years. Only 420, oh, excuse me, 243, one of the numbers, man, high as shit. But that's not to be, uh, that pales in comparison to the whopping number of the U, uh, I guess the UK had. They had a whopping 26 school shootings in the past seven years. Jesus Christ. England, what are you guys doing over there? Can't you guys get yourselves under control? Look at our example. Ours is maybe a little uptick higher, but we do have five times the population. You know what I mean? Maybe you need to look at your laws and think about what you're doing over there in England. All those school shootings. Two baker's dozens, if you will, of school shootings. I don't know, man. You guys even make guns over there in England? There's still muskets or whatever the thing is with the bayonet at the end. Stop it. You should be ashamed of yourselves over there. But yeah, man. Uh, positive vibes out to both of those groups. Um, I mean, to all to all the uh, victims, victims' families, affected students, all that stuff, man. Take the time you need to recover. I've never personally been part of a school shooting. Um, you know. Somebody set off a, a call in a bomb threat once, but other than that, I mean, except somebody getting up, beat up in, like, the locker room from time to time. Like, we really didn't have any traumatizing moments in high school and stuff. So that was, yeah, man, just shout out to them and stuff. Um, Moving along to a less somber note, ooh, I did... I'm a, uh, well, just for context, you guys know I love the Wizards. I uh, actually wrote my own little piece for uh, Bullets Forever. That's a forum slash website provided by SB Nation for uh, Washington Wizards fans and news and things like that. And uh, although it's a fan post, I know I wrote a nice little fan post this past week um, describing ways that. The Wizards can acquire a pick in this year's draft um, for any of the picks in the team. It was 10 through 19, and our, it's gonna, it was going to be a two-parter. The first part I uh, posted was 10 through 14, how to acquire those picks from the teams involved or uh, in possession of them now. And uh, happy to say, as much as I talk about the Wizards and stuff, my peers on the website, uh, at least other nerds who like to talk basketball on Bullets Forever, seem to like the article enough to enough to motivate me to go ahead and write the second part of the article, which would cover picks 15 through 19. Of course, the Wizards had pick 15, so I mean we can't trade it for ourselves. If we could, I would love to give away Scott Brooks to like a older Wizards team in the past that's already failed and not won a championship. I would like to trade Scott Brooks. For a coach in the past. Can we bring back Randy Whitman? At least he had discipline. Scott Brooks is a weenie. <laughs> he's a big weenie. Doesn't know what he's doing it feels like. I'm not the only one that feels this way. But if you guys want to. Bulletsforever.com. Please check out the post. Um, it should be one of the first five or so. At this moment. On the fan post page. Uh, Bullets Forever. But please check that out if you can. Love feedback and all that stuff. Even if you're just going on the website to say it stinks, at least at least you're gonna post that on my article if you don't mind. Um, so yeah, happy about that. And hopefully, if this works out well, I'll, I'll write some more things just to you know work on my writing skills and such. 
Uh, but yeah, man. And, and on top of that, of course, NBA uh, conference final time. You got the Warriors and the Rockets even series right now. With the Rockets taking game two at home. The first game they got spanked. And the second game, I think they figured out that uh, James Harden shouldn't dribble the ball more by himself than Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, and Draymond Green, I believe it was, combined. Klay Thompson, too. Like, he had 550 dribbles James Harden did by himself in game one. And they had, like, 548-49. Four players versus one. You see how well that works out, John Wall? Not very in the playoffs. Not very well. Second game, I guess the Rockets figure out, hey, there are other players that can dribble the ball. James, why don't you pass the ball? And uh, I guess James Harden heard it through the, the beard vine that he should pass the ball to other people. And uh, it turns out it worked out really well, man. They won the second game by 22 points. I didn't get to catch it, but did see for back-to-back -back games, Steph Curry got his ankles broken. Which uh, it, it looks like it's going to be the weak link on that defense of the the Warriors, man. Just looks uh, from what I recall reading, they just uh, the Rockets ran a whole bunch of screens to finally get Steph Curry one on one, and he got the pants beat off beat off of him. People scored on him over fifty percent of the time when he was the primary defender. So would love to see the Rockets go ahead and do some damage to little, the beige beige Curry over there. And then more importantly, man, just to wrap things up real quick, the, the Eastern Conference Finals, man, the Celtics taking that commanding 2 nothing league over Cleveland out of what it seems nowhere. I think everyone was picking Cleveland going into the series. But, uh, you know, for this playoffs, I have a newfound respect for the Celtics and Brad Stevens. The more I keep reading about them, the more I watch these games. It's like these guys do not make a mistake. Like they'll run 100 plays during the game or so on average and may make a mistake on two. It's impeccable. It's something I totally respect. Um, I'm still going to root for my boys in, in blue. The, the the Wizards, the blue, red, and white. But uh, these Celtics, man, they're a dangerous unit. And I'm really just hoping they do trade for a superstar like a Kawhi Leonard or, or, or a Paul George just so that um, they don't have as many good young people. And I hope they really trade for Somebody who's really good during the regular season and chokes in the postseason. A la, again, Paul George with his measly five, six points in the last game or two he had with the Thunder. That was disgusting. Russell Westbrook deserved better. He really did. Love Russell Westbrook. That's the favorite point guard, of course. But, you know, ah, I'm not being tangential, man. Uh, that's all the news I wanted to talk about, really. Uh, looking forward just personally to going to Philly in a couple weeks to try to do some comedy on the weekend while celebrating my girlfriend's birthday that I'm definitely looking forward to. I've only been to Philly once. I refuse to, walk, to run up the Rocky stairs. I don't even believe in Rocky. I might walk by to see other people doing it. I am going to try to have a black ass time up there. Have some black fun. That's what I'm looking to do. Checking out some arts. Checking out some music. Doing what my girlfriend wants to do. As hard as it is for me to say. And, uh, you know, have a, a fun overall experience in a couple weeks. So, man. All right. Well, yeah. With that being said, that's all I got for you now. Uh, what I'd like to do is go ahead and, you know, move it over to the interview. Uh, today, I had the good friend, homie, uh, Mr. Armand Tate, a.k.a. Armand, uh, the Duck Comedian. 
That's D.A. Comedian. Uh, that was his old name. That's the only name I will address him by, though, for the fact that he thought that was ever a good idea. But my man Armand the Comedian, a.k.a. Armand Tate, good, uh, good dude. I've uh, known him for a few years since I've been doing comedy as well. Sat down today and kind of like kind of let the conversation flow. Talked about comedy, talked about race, talked about uh, you know, kind of perseverance and influences, like just a whole bunch of different things. But uh, it's good to sit down and talk with the homie Armand. So uh, let's go ahead and get into that. Listen. All right, man. Uh, Starting one second. Boom, boom. All right, guys, welcome back to the On The Grind podcast. It's your boy, Justin Brown. Uh, today, I have a good friend and a special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself, bro. My name is Armand Tate. What's going on, Justin? I'm from uh, originally from Dallas, Texas. I guess I can tell you that. I've been living in D.C. for about 12 years now. And I just came up on my comedy five-year anniversary, like two weeks ago. So. Oh, shit. Congratulations. Thank you, bro. Thank you. Comedy uh, anniversary in general or just in D.C.? Uh, anniversary in general. Okay. And I started in D.C. too. Okay. Uh, did you start at uh, school or where did you start at? I started at school, man. I, I don't know if I've ever told anybody this horrible. I, I basically, um, I started comedy. I had a really bad breakup where, you know, yeah. um, the girl I was with for four years, I was going to get married. I was finishing college. Um, we broke up and like less than like eight hours, I was like kicked out of school too. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a tough um, spring and summertime. And like during that time, I actually fell into comedy. Um Rollo went to school with me. So, like, Rollo, Kaysan, and Jacquez, we all yeah. went to school around the same time. And, like, you know, they always promote shows. You know, just like anybody, you like, yeah, I'm yeah. gonna come out, and you just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Until it was like, you know, I was really going through something. And I'm like, you know, I need to go ahead and get out in the space, and, like, comedy would be, like, a, a really good thing for me to just watch and, like, relieve. And, like, who knew, like, uh, by the end of the set, I actually end up performing and shit, you know? True. Uh, well, I mean, we're gonna act like, you know, we know each other at, in a minute, but that was for you guys. Just so you had some background on our mom, but how'd that first show go? Because I can speak for me. That first one, I did it at uh, Beer Baron in DC. Wasn't that bad? Yeah. I was expecting, I wasn't sure what to expect. How would it, what um, it was funny because um, the way I, <laughs> you, I mean, the way the open mic comedy works, especially for doing it for so long, yeah. um, it was my first time really seeing it. So after a while, I saw some people kind of, fail so badly that I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If I fall, I can't fall that hard. I've seen some people bomb like a motherfucker. So um, I got up and actually did quite well. I didn't okay. really, I didn't have anything prepared because I wasn't even planning to go up. Um, like within like the two minutes before I was going to go up, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll talk about my breakup. I just kind of like um, compared my breakup to getting out of jail as far as like I didn't really know how to like like socially you know, yeah, be out there society. anymore. Yeah, and so that's really how I felt. So I was just kind of comparing the two. I um, mean, it was pretty funny. Um, I didn't have that many punches. What was really cool was like, um, you know, I mean, nobody really gives a fuck about a new comedian. Mark Carter saw me. And yep. um, he had pulled me over and he was like, man, you were like really good. Your stage presence is already there. Um, just keep punching up, man. And you'll be good. And so I feel like honestly that encouragement um, was like, you know what, I think I'll do it again. Because I mean, like honestly, it was just on, on some whim shit. True. Um, and so, yeah, I've, I've been doing it ever since then. And speaking of Mark, I had him on like a few episodes and stuff too. Uh, a few episodes ago. And one thing that actually does stick out to me, you guys are kind of similar. You guys mm -hmm. are pretty positive, mm -hmm. social people that a lot of people can just get along with on stage and off stage. 
is that something for you you think um you develop because of comedy or that's just something you just always that's something like? i always had um i was so this is embarrassing, embarrassing but funny as well i was um i was voted class most friendliest in high school like you know what i mean like that's probably one of the worst superlatives and didn't you go to school with all white people no 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 i'm from Te- i mean i went I, i'm from texas so yeah. of course white people are around but uh for the most part um so this is how it was in my neighborhood. Yeah. It was basically in the 90s, it was very white. I was like one of the only few people, um, black folks, families or whatever in this neighborhood. Eventually by the 2000s, the middle school, um, early 2000s, um, yeah, it was already starting to come a lot more black and brown. And by the time um, I left at 18, it was a black neighborhood. So, you know, what's kind of funny about this, honestly, is yeah. like I kind of watched a white neighborhood turned black and then I moved to D.C., which is Chocolate City, and now it's Latte Land. So it was like, I kind of got the full spectrum of, you know, like I said, black turning white on how that works and yeah. like how, you know, white turning black works as well, which is very funny. So that could that could also shape my race opinion, like I say, about comedy too, from just which we'll get into getting sure. to that too. But yeah, the, the, the friendliness, man, has just kind of always been there. I've always been a very, uh, you know, jolly dude. Um, I was very intimidating sports-wise, and so I don't know if I just you know, um, picked up the nice, you know, I don't know. This is, yeah. I've always kind of been like that. I'm like, I don't know. It's just kind of, you know, I'm always friendly. Sometimes I wish I wasn't. <laughs> How come? So not to talk too much about Mark, but he did share when he was on, you know, one thing he always has to be aware of in terms of just like being a nice dude, being cordial and stuff yeah. is, you know, people trying to take advantage of that. Or in some ways, trying to use that against you. Yeah, that, and then, uh, I mean, we live in a place where it's straight politics. Oh, of course. So, you know, a lot of times people, when they see someone just kind of generally friendly, and they're like, hey, they're like, what the fuck do you want? You know what I mean? Like, that's usually, like, I usually kind of get that in in the back of people, especially as I've gotten older. You know, you you, you come, it's funny, you're a black boy, everybody thinks that shit's amazing. You're like, oh, man, you're great. You become a black man, they're like, hmm. What's up with you, bro? Where's the ski mask and the gun type shit? Yeah. Because, yeah, dude, it's... I, from the opposite spectrum, I think I'm, like, not anti that, but I'm not as friendly and cordial, so I don't think I get that as much from people. But at the same time, though, there, there's perks to it. Yeah. Like, you know, women will talk to you more. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, de- it's, definitely, uh, it's definitely a positive thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, yeah. like, one of those things, too, where I've always noticed where, you know... Uh, growing up, I've always had like some positive about being positive. Like, oh man, you're different, Armand. I don't feel like every black man or boy or girl or whatever has yeah. to have like this type of personality. You know what I mean? I just happen to have it. And so, like, when I see other people, they're like, why isn't such and such friendly like you? It's like, because he's a, a human being. He's someone else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, you know, and so yeah, I mean, it's very funny uh, watching uh, people respond. Um, to other people that you would say like aren't as friendly sometimes I'm like like I said I'm jealous of that sometimes where I'm like I wish I could just tell somebody to fuck off man <laughs> you know no, what I mean no, like you don't want that shit no man. I know but I wish I had it where I'm like yeah that just comes out right there cause you know I, I'll have like an afterthought like I should've yeah. said I should've told that nigga to kiss my ass like you know what I mean like <laughs> dude I, I think that would be nice but at least you don't think the niceness helps you get booked on stuff. Oh yeah, I mean, honestly, or at I mean, least the, the 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 label of a nice guy. Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish that was the case. If I was getting booked like that, you know, like on the regular, yeah, I'd be yeah. like, yeah, my friendliness books. I mean, like to me, I feel like I don't know if it hinders me because, like I said, I don't know if people like feel like I don't know how I'm engaging this guy. You yeah. know what I mean? But like, you would think, you know, the type of personality would actually help me get into some doors. But you know, yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this shit, man, and that's. That's weird, too, just because, you know, when it comes to, like, being a black comedian, there's obviously 
I think a lot more hoops uh, that we'll have to go through. Yeah. That other races won't have to go through. Yeah. And that part of that or one of them includes trying to be like an individual. Yeah. That definitely. isn't one of the cookie cut or cookie cutter models like the Shuck and Jive or mm-hmm. the Jonin or things that people expect black people to do to be funny. Yeah. And you're trying to do different things. Have you, is your comedy, you think, aligned with possibly one of the more traditional styles of black comedy or George, you think a little bit more unique for you because you find yourself to be, I mean, you know, I I don't think any of us are reinventing the wheel in this motherfucker. You know what I mean? I think, um, quite honestly, like, you know, I mean, I try to be as natural as to me as possible, but I mean, as many influences I've had from other black entertainers, you know what I mean? I can't, can't yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, um, so yeah, a lot of times when it comes to my style, I don't, I'm not gonna sit there and be like, yeah, it's it's, <laughs> I, it's very special to like, nah, you know. I mean, I'm just I'm just speaking my truth, man, and that's honestly like as much as I can, and I feel like yeah. that's that's the uh, that's what black comedians do. We speak we speak our truth into whatever our uh, you know our experiences may be, and uh, that's the funny part about it. Where you know now it just kind of seems like our truth's kind of like I don't know if I want to hear that shit, you know. Hold on, regarding what? Um, just, I mean, especially, like, we do talk about race, but, like, yeah. for instance, like, we do... One thing I notice in, in comedy is, like, we can delve, we can hit hard on, like, Trump. You'll, you'll go into, like, a, a, a what you call it, somebody will be especially like, Especially here. Yeah, especially, especially here. here. But then, like, people won't talk about the fact that all these white people are, like, moving into their grandma's house. You know what I mean? And it's funny because they don't want you to talk about that. Like, you know what I mean? You start talking about gentrification too hard, regardless if it's funny or not, they're like, hey, looks like these people that live here are being a little sensitive about that. And it's like... But they okay with listening to all, you know everybody go hard on everybody else. You know what I mean, like yeah. When you're not holding up the lens against the people you're trying to make laugh, yeah. I think it's easier for them to laugh. But yeah. once you get into stuff that's maybe personal, so that's what I'm saying. Like an individual individuality is being a black comedian. So like, there's certain things black people I think are expected to talk about. Yeah. How they grew up poor. Yeah. Uh, what's the name? What white people do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. In certain ways. Uh, relationship and stuff, which I think is kind of universal. That's universal too, yeah. But in terms of like race and things like that, I think when we're talking about things that white people can see, mm-hmm. and you can tell me if you agree or not, when white people can see it, but they don't receive them reflected themselves reflected in it, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more digestible. But I mean, I guess that's maybe I answer my own question, but maybe it's just always easier to laugh at someone else than it is yourself. Like, how many of your jokes then, so I can make it a poignant question or a reflection of, you know, stuff you went through versus oh, it's, it's some stuff, stuff that I you went. see. Um, it's, it's, it's I'll say about 50, 50, honestly, you okay. know what I mean? As far as like, um, it's, it's a lot more stuff I see or stuff I've been through. Yeah. Um, even if I haven't written it in a sense where it, it aligns with the actual story personally, it, it came, it came from that space. You know, I even think about like some of my, like I talk about convenience stores. It's like, I kind of feel that way when I talk about, my fear of convenience stories sometimes. But I'm like, you know, that? that's the one where I kind of talk about, like, you know, I, I pick, like, appropriate snacks just in case, you know, oh, I might yeah, get shot yeah. on the way home. And then, you know, it, it basically talks about the fact that, like, it's so funny because, like, you can even talk about this, about people picking up certain things from different audiences and everything. Yeah. I can go in this joke where, you know, I just, I, I lightly joke about, like, police brutality, you know, uh, through uh, the snacks that we take home, you yeah. know, in a sense. And, like, you know, one of my punchlines, I talk about hot Cheetos. I'm not going to give away the joke. But, like, white, white folks, at the end of the joke, after I talk about all this shit, they're like, hey, 
You know, white people eat Cheetos too. Like, did you I just do. miss the <laughs> fact that I got shot by the police at the end of that junk? You're talking about, you know what I mean? Like, it's very. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you get that type of you get that type of thing. I mean, people will completely like miss, and I mean, like sometimes you could tell they like completely missed it purposely. For for instance, like if I um, I don't watch like food documentaries on Netflix, you oh, know yeah. why? Because if I sat there and paid attention to that shit, that means I would actually have to change. <laughs> like you know what I mean? So change to know, yeah, 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 to to know better is to do better. And so like some people, I mean, I feel like we just go kind of like blindly ignore things on purpose where we won't have to do better, and that's in a lot of things, you know, outside of just. You know, race and, and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I not to, uh, I guess, stay on this point too long. But what was that? Uh, what was the documentary that came out that everybody saw that want to be a vegan? I I tried that shit for like two weeks. Oh, uh, what, what, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Did you do that shit? Too? No, I didn't. I never got a chance to watch that one. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. I I was a vegan for like not a vegan. I stopped eating meat for like two weeks because I thought all that shit was true. And then one of my friends was like, "Do you see how? Uh, do you see how?" Uh, fucking edited this thing is in terms of being biased one way how yeah. biased it is in one way it's like yeah you're right maybe I should do some research and it <laughs> turns out you know not everything you see in a Netflix documentary is true That's I guess yeah uh, alright dude so in terms of like your comedy you know I've seen you on stage plenty of times but for the people that don't know how do you what is your comedy about and then on top of that how do you make yourself stand out amongst like other comedians and stuff um I mean, shoot, it's like giving some shit away. No, I'm being stupid. Um, honestly, as far as my Tell comedy... Us your writing secrets. I know, right? <laughs> what do you do, brother? Um, no, honestly, um, I just really try to connect with the crowd, honestly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, a lot of people um, kind of miss that. It's something I did very early on where I'm just kind of, you know, telling bits to people. You know what I mean? And so that's something I had to kind of realize, too, in order to connect. It's like, all right, let me slow down. And actually find ways to connect with these people. If these are, um, you know, situations that I feel um, they can go through, I feel like I could be like, right? You know what I mean? Like, so like a lot of times they they, they really do. Um, one thing, I, I like song. Um, that's something that I usually like. I mean, it, nowadays, um, people are very in their phones. Oh, of course. We, we have ADHD, in several other ways. You know what I mean? Like... I mean, we have ADHD activism, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like we also we also can't just focus just in general, you know what I mean? So like, you know, to kind of get people away from like feeling like they got that itch, I get them to use their both of their hands and clap, you know what I mean? So I, I sing to people, get them interactive for like they're a part of the joke, you know what I mean? True. With the uh, what's the joke? The uh, well, all your song bits, like you do a lot of song bits. Yeah. Where does that even? I mean, honestly, it's funny. One of my first, um, like, really strong bits that worked, it was uh, from that breakup. It was, like, one of my, you know, like, it's funny, yeah. like, Mark told me, like, punch that joke up, you know, and um, I eventually found a way to punch, I guess, that pain <laughs> that I was going through yeah. up, and so I, I talked about music. It was one of the first things where I talked about, like, breakup music um, kind of being the shit that can, like, get you through. Oh, yeah. I, and yeah. so, yeah, from there, I sung, like, I sung, like, three or four songs from there. Um, from that, like in that one bit, you know, yeah. and um, like it was something I, I realized like it was something you can quickly people can like identify with. Like, oh, I know that, you know what I mean. And so um, after a while, um, I guess I always made like little songs and shit like that, like like joking around, like you know, if it was a, a a new popular song, I could throw some stupid words in and be goofy with somebody, just like parody. And yeah, parody and shit. so that's kind of how I started doing. I mean, even parodies too it was like at first it kind of started off with me doing them on stage, and like some of them were like this ain't gonna work for stage, you know what I mean? And it was like let me just. 
you know, like try to cut this and put it on SoundCloud. And so I've been doing that as well. True. How long have you been on um, SoundCloud? Because I know you have videos on Instagram and stuff too. So. I've been on SoundCloud probably about two years. Oh, that's it? I yeah. thought you went back. Uh, I'm trying to, I got to look over at my stuff. Maybe about two years. Because like. Um, you didn't do beats and stuff beforehand? Oh, no, I definitely did. I never put them out to people though. Like my sister does. Oh, my okay. sister does music too. And so yes. that's probably. Tate Beats. Yeah, T.A. Beats. Does the intro. She does the intro. The yes, she does. Shout out to Sade Tate. Yes. Um, my bad. But SoundCloud. Yeah, man. And so, oh, no, you weren't cutting me off at all. But yeah, um, it started off from there. So I do, yeah. I do do like music a little bit to myself, but I keep majority of that shit to myself. Okay. Um, Are these and, like sad songs about no, no, anything. I mean, if I'm just feeling like musically or something, like the same thing, like I'll be up at like two in the morning writing comedy, um, you know, to kind of like get that mental jog away. Sometimes I like make beats too. Okay. And so, you know, sometimes it helps. I can I can go back, you know, for my joke after I feel like I've expressed myself creatively somewhere other place. Oh, and, okay. Um, so you have different, um, what's the name, mediums that you, okay, that, that you I use do. your creativity yeah. in. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah. you use, so you make your own beats. So when you, as opposed to like maybe doing like early morning writing, you'll do like make a beat or something. Yeah, I'll make a beat. Because like, like I said, a lot of times when you get into the, into the you, you get into the writing process or whatever, and then yeah. sometimes you get into that block. Oh, sometimes. you know what I mean? I mean, a lot of times you get in that block. And so, yeah, yeah like, um, the best way for me, a lot of times, like, I can just, like, kind of go to the side. Let me try to, like, make a noise. Like, you know, sometimes I don't even make a full song. It's like, do, 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 and I'm good. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm like, all right. Yeah, no, I actually make full songs, though. But I'm saying, like, sometimes okay. it doesn't have to be a complete song. It's like, I can just, like, you know, just mess with a melody or something and then go back over into anything. And so sometimes, like I said, that spills off into creating both comedy and music. Okay. Um, How many of those you got? Just about, about seven, seven or eight songs. No, I meant like the little doo 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 doo. Oh doo-doo. shit! Like plenty of those. You know what I mean? Like yeah, um, sometimes I don't save those. If it's just a melody, oh, I don't okay. save it. If it's a complete like, you know, I got like layers of, of like <laughs> drums and like you know different things like that. Yeah. Then I'll like save it. So I mean, honestly, I probably have like, I don't know. It's like half the time I'm like probably about fifty to one hundred like bullshit like little beats that. They're not. They're not anything that worth like make. I mean, I have maybe like five to ten that I can make money off of. The rest of them are like trash. You know have you mean? heard of tight beats though, man? Like those are, Mm-mm. I think what uh, people are making a lot of money off of today. So hmm. I'm surprised I'm telling you about fucking music. But, I know, right? No, uh, I didn't. Nah, tight beats, T Y P E beats mm-hmm. uh, are instrumentals that DJs mm-hmm. or you know whatever. Basically, people at home make yeah. that are based off like other beats. So okay. there might be a ASAP Rocky type beat. Oh, I know exactly a, what you mean. Yeah, no, I know them shits. Like, yeah, which is crazy to me because that's you know like one of my favorite uh, one of my favorite new uh, rappers, Mick Jenkins. Oh yeah, love Mick. Um, who I feel is like my, my come on the show, Mick. I know, right? Mick Jenkins is the shit. He has a uh, a song called Earl Sweatshirt Type Beat. Oh yeah, that's yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, mean, I got that album. Uh, yeah, mixtape shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he pulled he pulled that one from straight up yeah. YouTube. That was like somebody just finished to happen like such and such type beat. Um, no, nah, man, it's like yeah, I don't even I, I don't have that much energy to put it out like that. You know what I mean? Like as far as when it comes to comedy, like I'm all down for like creating some shit and like putting it out on the platform. Like music wise, I'm like I don't I don't even I'm not even that passionate about. My, my shit that much you know what I'm saying like musically wise for me to do it like I, like the ones that I do like yeah. I, I have shared them with people you know like I had like a very this is probably a little cooler mix I did a mix with uh, I mixed uh, Jill Scott like uh, He Loves Me with uh, I'm in love with the Coco so it's very funny because it's just like kind of to me it's kind of like two 
obviously Different songs kind of that, yeah. that uh, if you mix them together, uh, it sounds very, you know, it's like, oh, these motherfuckers are right on point. Nigga, you look like somebody who mixes Joe Scott beats. No offense. No, no. <laughs> I mean, that's what helps you, I think, you know, be you. Because yeah. Like, oh, this dude is black and he's sensitive and. <laughs> he, he, like, he cares about the, the, the people. The hoes. The hoes specifically. The, the people. Okay. Which includes hoes. Uh, all walks of life. But they didn't say that shit about MLK, okay? Martin Luther King is about the people, and so am I. Man, Martin Luther King, I, I think he got a raw deal. All the dirt that came out after, you know, he was murdered. Like, he's one of those people, I think, at least in the black community, we cannot let anyone talk shit about. I don't care if it's a movie. Oh, no, I feel the same as that. I don't care if it's his best friend Well, I don't out. mean... You know, the thing about it is I don't want to leave anybody... He's as close... To what a lot of black people think of Jesus <laughs> is for yeah. just black people, yeah. and the people putting out dirt about him are always not black, and that's the shit that annoys me. Oh no, definitely. I mean, that happens a lot. Not to get too fucking preachy and shit. I know we're talking about beats and stuff, but yeah, unimportant. What is important? <laughs> uh, your comedy. Let's talk about like Instagram and shit because I know you're on Instagram. Yeah. With the beats you were just talking about, you do make songs. So how does that process go from from being bored to let me make a song to how's it end up on Instagram? Um, I mean, it kind of depends if I like really rocking with it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I'm like, this kind of works. Majority of the the songs that I have written, yeah. they all they all usually go out. I only have like one, okay. like sitting back that I recently did where I'm like, ah, I don't know. I mean, it's funny. Like as far as uh, I will say this, the first one I ever made. Um, you just you just never know. It's, it's funny about like the whole idea of outrage culture and offending people because a lot of times you know that's not really your point. Even though I mean, honestly, that's kind of how you get people to kind of like your shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like one of my first ones was like kind of a touchy subject where it was kind of talking about like black people and single fathers. It was like um, Drake and Future. Oh, single fathers. Yeah, it was Drake and Future. Like where your ass was at? Like where your ass was at? Man. But like what I ended up doing was like where your ass was at, Dad? When I was in school, where oh, your ass was at? Yeah. And so. <laughs> It was very funny, you know what I mean? But it was like one of those ones where I'm like, I don't want people to like take this the wrong way. So I like went back on that one. And then the other ones that I felt like were a little bit more, um, you know, just kind of acceptable. Where I mean, people would just like have a good time immediately from them. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, I went ahead and put those out. So like Easy Target is Lord. Yeah, like, like, I mean, that's what I'm going for for the parodies wise. Stage, yeah. I'm a little different. I'll be, you know, I, I don't mind going against the grain on stage. Um Right now, as far as like uh, Instagram, which call wise, I, I just get tired of people just going out their way to piss people off anyway. True. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I'm right now, I'm not really trying to like, you know, penetrate the, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like, like I have to piss off my timeline for them to see that I'm talented. Do you get what I'm saying? I don't know, nigga. I've I, never seen you in a wig, and I think that might be. <laughs> <laughs> I know they're like, I'm mad at this nigga. Let me, let me share this shit. I'm out to the dress. God damn it. No, I'm saying it more so like, hey, maybe that's... You're already a nice dude. You're funny. Maybe you just need to don the wig once. You say, like, it just pisses people off. Piss no, people off. No, dude, getting the white people's open arms just like... Oh, hey, nah, fuck that. You, I mean, that's not even a way to get... You completed the ultimate challenge. Yeah, I mean, majority... I mean, we do talk... That's even a funny subject, too, man. I even get into this, because, like, yeah. I, think, I think the whole, like, black entertainer and address is very groupthinkish anyway when you hear people say it, because it's like... One thing when you hear people talking, you ever yeah. heard somebody talking that sounds straight? Remember they'd be like, you sound straight out of the comic book. You ever heard somebody like, nigga, you sound straight out the internet. You know what I mean? Like, where it's like, dog, I literally have read 
everything you've just said verbatim somewhere before. I've heard it somebody say it the same exact way you said it before to the point that I really question if this is original thought from you. You it's know what I mean? people stealing jokes? No, 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 no. I'm talking about like the whole like, man, like black entertainers wearing dresses, man, I could never do that. Like, it, it's very true, but like a lot of people that, everybody got that from that Dave Chappelle interview. And though it was very yeah. sincere and honest from Dave Chappelle, yeah. he definitely wore a dress in men and tights. So a lot of times it's very funny when you hear people say that. And then we didn't check him for what he was talking about. And then we like, yeah, man. And then like, and it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like he was very upset around that time. And like, yeah. you know, a lot of times just like we take a lot of our information from YouTube videos. You know what I mean? And like a lot of people went ahead and grabbed onto that. And that's like, man, I ain't never getting put on a dress, man. It's just, you know, they're trying. And I'm like, there's plenty of other ways that white people will find to demean you. It oh, is yeah, not, yeah, <laughs> right. not going to be a dress, you know what I mean? But, I mean, you know, if you want to go ahead and, and, you know, stick hard on that whole dress thing, you know, I just hope, you know, you have those principles about other things. You know what I mean? True. I mean, because, yeah, that's one thing I definitely want to get into. Just, like, how race plays in your comedy. Yeah. And for me personally, just for the, for to preface it, I always struggle with the subject of jokes. When the subject of jokes is black people, mm -hmm. because I think in media and other ways people digest information and content about black people, especially when they don't have like high levels of interaction with black people, if that's all they see, how is what I'm going to do either reinforce that or yeah, kind of break the mold? So I'm always conscious of, hey, if I have a joke about black people on this, like how much, like you were saying earlier, do I want to go into this? Yeah. Or shed or you know shed light on this like do you ever get those thoughts and yeah i mean i see black people do it all the time and there's certain uh do what um kind of go at black people in this very because uh, you know the whole point of it sometimes we we self-deprecate right so you'll oh, yeah, see yeah, some yeah. people instead of self-deprecating they'll people they'll culture deprecate, deprecate yeah, and yeah, keep yeah. themselves above the line you know what i mean like i'm different because yeah I don't do all these things yeah or like why don't black people wear jays and it's like look if i'm gonna challenge black people um, honestly, um, it's funny because I, I, I would, I would assume that most white people would be a little confused on what the fuck I'm talking about if I was going to challenge them one on one. Cause it's not going to be that, it's not going to be that easy. Like pick your pants up. You know what I mean? It's going to be oh, like, yeah. I don't like when other black people tell me which niggas to hate. You know, like I, I don't like when other yeah. black people tell me to hate other black people. You know what I mean? That's the type of shit I'm going to go ahead and go hard on. But like I said, most of, I, I would, I would assume that most white people just would be like slightly like, what does he mean by that? You know what I mean? Like, what? I mean, they watch, I think more rap videos than we do nowadays. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's like the newer. True. Younger. I mean, just because they kind of are into the culture doesn't mean that they know what is really going on with us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they but do. But they get the references. Yeah. So yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. another thing I have to be wearing. Like, I know they might not get the meaning of what I'm talking yeah. about, but they understand what the fuck I'm talking about. Yeah. What is their takeaway going to be? Like, yeah. that's the kind of thing. Yeah, so, that's very true. I mean, like, it, it's it's weird because it's like, you know, another thing too is, uh, I don't know, about three four, three, four years in, I was kind of like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't really give a fuck about, I mean, I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I already talk like I, I'm, I'm from their, their spot anyway, so I don't really try to cater to them. Usually, like I said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to talk to us. Yeah. If they happen to be in there, you know, I want to make it at least. So black um, people definitely are your audience. Yeah, and yeah. I, I and and of course, I mean, of course, you know, to make this money, it definitely has to be universally, universally digestible, digestible to yeah. everybody. But you know, for the most part, I, I definitely talk about my black experience. You know, it's funny how we talk about black comedy. Like, dog, I'm black, motherfucker. Like, my everyday experience is black. So, like, if I'm black lens, black yeah. 
that's that's really what I live in. Like you can't, you know. So it's very funny when people try to like tell you to like talk about something else. What do you mean? I just went to the grocery store and black came up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just, it's very it's very funny. You know what I mean? Where you know they kind of tell you to be like you know get He's away from boy. that. I'm yeah. like, yeah, whatever. Have you? Uh, when was the last time you ran into something like that? You think and trying to do stand up your way through your lens and like people are trying to challenge oh, yeah. you. I've definitely had that. I've had other comedians and eh, like yeah, that's what I was say. Like it's not even just audience members. It's oh like, no, I mean peers, honestly, your your peers will police you way before the audience will. I mean like I and the, the funny part about the peers policing you is like when when I've gotten that police from peers where it's like you know. Cause it's never like I'm like angry about it either. Like you know, yeah, like I said, I'm, like I'm friendly. I'm very friendly. So like, yeah. like I said, like I said, majority of any like things that I'm challenging people on, I, I make it somewhat entertaining. But they'll make it seem like I just like walk somebody. And I'm like, no, it's that dude that didn't make anybody laugh every week. He walks somebody. But I mean, you're not talking to him about his material. That's uh, because he's wearing a button-up shirt <laughs> or fucking very comfortable t-shirt and you can talk about how his dad played with his dick when he was young something weird yeah something weird but you know hey you know i can't i can't talk about you know my experience sometimes so it's very funny so like i said you know that's been yeah. the biggest thing in comedy wise is just like trying to um but unfortunately is i try to find ways to like play off of like get like you know get away from that you know, you know what I mean? Just like race or like the yeah, race and just the, try to be just talk about yourself more. And then it's funny, like as as co- as what's been going out here, you know, has been you know Trump and all this other bullshit. Yeah. It's so funny. The same people that told me to stop talking about it are yelling it. You know what I mean? And so it's a little frustrating. I mean, the thing about it is like it doesn't really come from a lot of these people's hearts, so you can see when it's not genuine or when they're just the kind of talking about like their the, ass. Uh, yeah, about outrage. the joke. Okay. The, the the joke, the race, I mean, all of it. You know what I mean? You can kind of, I mean, you can tell when somebody's pandering. You know what I mean? Do you think you, uh, in trying to focus on making black people your audience, do you, do you see yourself pandering in any sort of ways? No. To a black audience? Not like, no, hey, no, no, no. black people, shucking jobs type shit, but like, hey, this is for my black people. So I'm doing these specific things because I know there's black people I want to listen to this. Yeah, um, no, not not per se. Like like I said, like the one thing I mean, especially growing up, I, I've I've lucked up with is like me kind of having that upbringing where I was around white people for a while, but my parents have always kind of had me around my culture. I feel like I can do both. Like I never, you know what I mean? Like it's very funny how I see like people here where it seems yeah. like you have to be like left or right about it. It's like either you real black or you hood, or like you white as hell. And it's like kind of it's funny to be in the middle. Of it and it's like, why why can't I do both, yo? Why y'all keep trying to have me? Go, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's very funny as far as like. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. They want the cookie cutter. Yeah. Or do you feel they want the cookie cutter, or do you feel like you know there's not? Do you feel there's a space for the gray area? Like, yeah, it's a like space for the gray area. I mean, it's it's plenty of people that are in that gray area. You know what I mean? It's just. But how many of them are making it? Oh, that's. I mean, I think I think people in the gray area are doing well. You know what I mean? Like black entertainers specifically. Uh. Yeah, that that gray is pretty hard to which I mean I think the gray area that you're speaking of doesn't really get embraced until they've already made it to that point. Yeah, you know what I mean. And like they're like, oh yeah, man, this dude's great. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I see the gray area in Chappelle and Chris Rock and oh definitely. You know what I mean? I I had the same exact upbringing as these people. You know what I mean? As far as like you know having a very I mean that's what really what it is is like we've replaced in very early around white people, so we know white people. I can host a game show about that shit. You know what I mean? Because I was just put in that space. For so long. One thing, like I said, I looked up to is like my parents just always made sure that I was around other people. So it was like, you know, 
<laughs> while I was um, in those white spaces and white people were like, Armand, you're great. I've always been talented in a lot yeah. of other things. Sports, I was, just, you know, student, all these several things. When they were telling me I'm great or I'm different from the rest, I didn't internalize that as if I actually was. You know what I mean? And that's you hard. Didn't, you, didn't, you didn't take that OJ pill. Yeah, I mean, I, that's exactly how it is. It's like people will sit there and tell you, you're great. You're not like the others. And you become, I say, OJ-ed. <laughs> and the next thing you say is like, I'm not I'm not black, I'm Armand. And like, come on, get the fuck out of here. Like to me, it's like, you know, like just as, as much as I might be special, Justin's special, Mark's special, and every other black comedian, you know, yeah. that I feel has their own uniqueness to it as well. You know? So, you know. That's just, you know, I lucked up from, from, I guess you could say, the way. So I, I guess you could say, I don't mind, you know, like being in that middle spot. It's just funny seeing it, like, not embrace where people are kind of like, I'm like, this is America, nigga. Like, no Donald pun, you know, Donald Glover pun intended. Like, yeah. like what the, you know what I mean? Like, how, how am I black and I don't have white influence? Like, how are you white and you don't have black influence? Like, get oh, the fuck yeah. out of here. You know what I mean? So, like, trying to, like, dice that shit up to be like, oh, no, they, they do that over here. And we do it over here. Like, where, nigga? You know what I mean? This is the melting pot. So it's like, if you can't get down with like different flavors in the pot, then why the fuck are you here? And that's to, I guess you could say gentrification, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, some, sometimes you can't help it. Even if you want to be stubborn, this is what you were born into. Yeah. So it's either shape up or ship out type shit. Mm. So question for you then, in terms of black people being your audience, do you ever, what do you do when you have like an all white audience or like an all white atmosphere when you're on stage? I do the same exact thing for the most part. I mean, the okay. only thing that most people like I mean, to me, it should be very obvious, but like a lot of people don't understand this. I get really nervous. I mean, like, you know, you get black. I mean, this is all about how you, you know, you were kind of brought up. I have black comedians that they all deal with black people. They get around white people. They get nervous as shit. You know what I mean? You get other yeah. other white people that get around black. They get nervous as shit. And honestly, I've been around both spots. I mean, there's really nothing to get nervous. You know, like I said, the biggest thing that I realized too is like language. You can say the same exact shit. Yeah. But in different ways. Switch, right? I'll break it down in this way. For instance, like I'm a professional bummer. I bum cigarettes and shit. I almost lost my life. That's a later story, right? So, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So I bum, I bummed a cigarette. So when I bum cigarettes from white people, usually, I mean, usually is how I normally start. I'll just be friendly. I'm like, excuse me, how are you doing today? Sorry to bother you, but could I bum a cigarette, right? Yep. When I said it like that, white people are like, oh man, no problem. If I say that to somebody from D.C., they'll look at me like I'm fucked. Like I swear to God, every time I'm, excuse me, brother, sorry to bother you. Could I possibly bum a cigarette? No, no, hell, I, no, no, no. <laughs> Like, they'll be real, real, like, in the bait. Like, hell no. You know what I mean? So what I realized is, like, with black folk, you got to be able to speak the language. Okay. People in D.C., they say Jack, right? Like, hey, man, can I bum a Jack? And they're like, oh, shit, no problem, bro. I go to New York. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and I say that same shit. Hey, can I get a Jack? They're like, well, what you need to use my phone for? Miscommunication. They're like, oh, can I bum a Lucy? Yeah, Lucy, yeah. Same joke. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Different way. They're like, oh, yeah, I got you. You know what I mean? Then I go, I'm from Texas. We don't say Lucy's or Jack's. We say squares. Oh, that sounds familiar. So, can familiar. I bum a square? But, like, literally, I just said the same exact thing four times. You get what I'm saying? So, to me, you should be able to know language enough, you know what I mean, to know, like, okay. Especially, like, when you start dealing with white people. For instance, like, this is, a, this is I, I'll give this one. Like, I have a joke. Where and this is horrible. I don't do it too often, but I talk about yeah. drowning a white woman, yeah. right? And it's about it's about the Netflix work. documentary Blackfish, right? Just yeah. to just to like get people to be like, damn, this nigga's super aggressive. Like, no, it's, just, it's a joke about whales and shit. But when I do that in front of black people, I, I tend to say drown a white bitch. They think that shit's amazing. You know what I mean? Like, but if I say that, dream come true. Yeah, right. If I say that in front of a white crowd, do you know the looks on their face when I say drown a white? They're like, oh, bitch. Oh! 
oh, and I'm completely lost. So to me, I feel like you should be able to know that. You know what I mean? As a performer sometimes. Yeah. To being yeah, like, yeah. okay. That's another thing that's very funny too is like people not knowing what their punches do. Oh, yeah. Power you should language. know what your punches do. If your punch knocks the whole crowd sour, you shouldn't be like, why is everybody not laughing? Because that's a punch that just knocks the wind out of everybody. You should know that already. But yeah. some people don't know that. They'll just keep telling that joke. I mean, I never get the reactions I want. I mean, you get the reactions you're going to get from that. They laughed a lot harder than this a few weeks ago. I don't know why it didn't work tonight. Yeah, and it's like, (laughs) dog, you got to kind of know the power of, number one, what you fucking say. Yeah, language, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you you should know better. It's like, if I say this offensive thing, are they going to smile immediately? No. Like, you know what I mean? So it's, 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 I mean, but this is, it's all a learning experience as we're doing. I still have a lot to learn my damn self, but that's just something that I've picked up too, where it's like, I can't believe this motherfucker's just like out here... You know what I mean? Like, saying it like this and then doesn't realize, like, why. It doesn't register. You know what I mean? Like, they'll say it in such, like, especially, like, a lot of men in comedy, they'll say it in such a very, like, I'm with the guys way. And it's like, there's, like, several women in here. And they, <laughs> I mean, and... the funny thing I see with people is just see somebody on stage and the reactions of the crowd, they be rolling yeah. their eyes, like, did this motherfucker just say this shit? And I'm like, ah. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're not able to read these facial expressions of these people rolling their eyes at them. They're like, I did great, man. I'm like, nah, you know, but hey. <laughs> I got laughs from the back of the room. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's funny as shit, though. Because, like, two things that just made me think of when you were saying all that. One, hey, shout out to white bitches. You know, we're not actually trying to drown you and shit. Oh, it's yeah, just, exactly. <laughs> just one. Funny to think of. Funny <laughs> to think of and shit. And you can, for the people that don't understand it, you know what I mean? Um, basically, I was talking about, like, you're talking about code switching. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. And that, I think, was one of the things that, of all the things he pioneered, Richard Pryor was able to do. He knew how to co- he knew how to talk to black people, and he did it. Yeah, and he knew how to talk to white people too. He already knew that though. Yeah, he was the first dude yeah. to go on stage and have a certain group of black people be his uh, demographic yeah. or you know people that can understand him first. I think that's also what helped him stand out. So like just saying, not comparing you to fucking Richard Pryor. No, oh no, no, yeah. Like yeah, that's there's value that because yeah. when you go on stage, you're trying to make a connection. You're not yeah, you're trying to be rote or writ, and that's where I guess people who you know, I don't know why this word doesn't work when I say this joke here. It's because you're not trying to make a connection with people. You're yeah. trying to say what you think is funny. Yeah, blah 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 blah. Fucking um, I think that was all one point. Uh, no, that was two things. The, the value of code switching and stuff. Yeah. Um. Okay. Hold on. Okay. So in terms of, I guess, like, Richard Pryor, I'm assuming he's a role model. Yeah. For you. Yeah. Who else do you have? Oh, man, I have that? several. I would say, you know, uh, so I told you the story about me first getting on stage. Um, yeah. Maybe two weeks before I got on stage the first time, I, got, I saw Paul Mooney. And this is, like, right before Paul Mooney, oh, like, shit. went in Tandir Dementia. It was, like, right before he went to Dementia. So before I got a chance. Had the cane and shit. Yeah, yeah. I saw him, like, you know, in his last little bit, and it okay. was amazing. You know what I mean? Especially to see it live. We've been watching. Where was it? I mean, it was over at Howard Theater. Oh, shit. Okay. Went, okay. Yeah, I went to Howard Theater twice to see him. Nice. And so, um, the second time, he was a little bit, you know. Was that the one with Dick Gregory, the second one? No, no, no. He's kind of, that was, I, was, I missed that one. I missed that one, I was going to say. But yeah, like, um, the second time I saw him, he definitely was like, you could tell he, was like, he lost a little bit of his way. Yeah. You know what I mean? But um, it still was enjoyable, you know, to see it. But like, Paul Mooney, um, Chris Rock. Sinbad are probably people that I Sinbad. like. Sinbad? Yeah. The greatest beige comic. No offense, Leon, but the greatest... <laughs> no, actually, no. It's fucking Sinbad. 
the greatest beige comic I think of all time. Like, yeah, like uh, he's like by far one of my favorites, man. Um, you know the whole idea of uh, I mean the fact that he's not even cussing and he's able to like speak in the way that he speaks. Yeah, every now and then. I mean, it reminds me of like Kason, where it's like he's clean, but he's just able to. It doesn't matter. I mean, he's just funny. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And um, I I enjoy actually them both. You know, honestly. Um, yeah, Sinbad's like one of my favorites, man. I always joke about, like, you know, I just said when I was a kid, uh, being black in that white space uh, very early. I remember, you know, you had to wear chapter books. You had to bring, like, chapter books to, like, show and tell every now and then. Nah, they didn't, okay. they didn't give it books. So, like, by the time we got into, like, you know, like, fourth, fifth grade, yeah. you, you know, you would do, like, you know, you would, you would do, like, uh, you know, you, you would give chapter books to your class. You know, you would show and tell, basically, but it would okay. be for, like, books. Like a book presentation? Yeah. Okay. And I remember um, it's this book called... Uh, Richard Pryor, I'm not Richard Pryor, excuse me, Sinbad's Guide to Life. And um, my mother, my mother gave me this book because like, uh, I wanted to read, Chris Rock just had a book that just came out too. But I, it was too adult for me. You know what I mean? But she's like, take this. And like, man, I love that fucking book, bro. Like, um, it was funny. I was just so happy to bring this experience. He was talking about uh, whoopings. <laughs> it was uh, funny. And so it was so funny. I was like so excited to talk about this thing that I thought was just like hysterical. So I'm sitting here talking about like this black experience of whoopings and shit. And, um, <laughs> and I bombed like a motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like I remember like saying every shit. I'm like so excited. I like close my book and I look up and like this white people like, the fuck nigga? This isn't fudge mania. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and so... <laughs> I mean, it was like one of my first times. It's funny. My teacher actually pulled me to the side then and she told me like, uh, this is like my little chubby face with glasses. She was like, don't worry, man. You're, like, you're going to get older. They're going to slim up. They're going to love you. And I mean, which is... <laughs> which is you're a black lady? Black woman. White? Black woman. Yeah. Okay. And um, it was funny. She was... It, I mean, that, that, shit, that shit became true very soon. I was that awkward kid uh, very early, but uh, yeah. after about like a few years, I slimmed up out of that and I never had to deal with that again. So I'm blessed, you know, but... Um, yeah, I didn't have to deal with, I guess, the uh, some of the ridicule some other comedians uh, had to go through growing up. Well, I mean, we all get... I, I think every comedian has uh, some sort of, like, growing up story. I guess, like, all kids do, but there's something about them when they try to be funny early on. Yeah. Probably doesn't go well. Yeah, but... I, d- I just never was that kid. I mean, like, that's what I'm leaving... I mean, it's funny that I'm even a comedian looking back at that yeah. Sinbad book. Was like, that wasn't my intentions of reading that book. I would want to be... I never thought I was going to be a comedian as a kid. You know, I played sports for a very long time. Thought yeah. I was going to do that. Then, you know, like once I got to college, I was like, you know, I'm going to be like a psychologist. Never really in my life was like, I'm going to make people laugh. You know, it wasn't until... I mean, that is a psychology, though. Yeah. It's a psychological thing. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's kind of like where that kind of came from. Like, as I was going through that that transition of, uh, you know, I guess I was going through some shit myself. Yeah. And I was using that, you know, I was expressing myself comedically. And it seemed like a lot of people... Um, reacted to that very well, so I had a lot of friends that be like, "You should do comedy." I'm like, hell no, you know what I mean. Oh, only time I class, or you talking about someone just else? just folks, like you know, like my, okay. my experience. Say, say like I uh, I had a really like tough experience living in D.C. in general, moving from like Dallas. You yeah. know, I'll go back and tell stories of like crackhead smoking in front of me as I'm on the bus. Niggas would be like, "Dog," like you know what I mean. The way I would be able to tell some of these stories, um, they're like, "You should do comedy." I never really took the series. Like I said, I only I, the only time I ever thought I was like, "Damn," like Rollo. One time we were in a conversation with his ex girlfriend. We were all friends and shit in college okay. and stuff. Like you know what I mean. And so. I was either complaining about my girlfriend at the time or something. He was like, dog, you're funny as hell, man. Like, you know, it's like, you know, I remember he was like, you know, it's like, you know, you, it's like, you talk like you're white, but you a nigga. Like, I remember he said that shit. It's like, but you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, I, he never told me to do comedy per se, but I remember like looking at him. Like, he was the only person I actually took serious about like, you're funny. Like everybody else. I'm like, eh, whatever. Was he doing comedy? Yeah, he was doing comedy at the time. Okay, he, he started doing comedy. Blake, by the way, he was doing comedy very early. Um, when I was in college, I want to say he started our sophomore year. 
shit. You know, or like I want to say sophomore year at least. Okay. Like I was funny. Like he probably doesn't even know this shit, but like, I used to kick it with his. Girl. I remember like I would go into his girl's house and shit. We would kick it. He'd be watching comedy, um, like, like, like studying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like in the in the living room and shit. With like Jock and stuff like that, you know what I mean? And I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" You know oh, what I mean? Shit, Jock was there. Yeah, but like they, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know that. Shout out to Jockes. Yeah, Jock or Jockes. Jockes. Yeah. Jockes, Kendall, both funny dudes and shit. Yeah, and so that's it's just funny like how you can see like uh, like I said I just never thought even even at that time I didn't think I was gonna do comedy. You know what I mean? So it's just very yeah. funny like how that just kind of like fell in and then I'm around these folks again. I was like, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I, I know you. Well, and then on top of that, I guess just in terms of influences, I guess they were both. To a degree, influences on you. It's oh, definitely. Just trying to seeing somebody else do it. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah, like, um, like I said, like I said, if I wouldn't even have went up there, I saw Rollo do his thing. Yeah, um, it was funny. The first I went to this place called Tobacco. They used to be on U Street. Okay, and like uh, him and um, Russ at the time. Yeah, also did that show. It was funny. Keith used to run the show too, but just as I started comedy, I think Keith had just moved to Atlanta at the time. Yeah, yeah, before he hit Jersey. Yeah, yeah, and then I met him again. Then I met him on his way back to DC. Okay. So, so, so yeah. Uh, so we had those. All are those all the influences you had though. We're talking about um, Mooney, Rich Pryor, uh, Sinbad, yeah, somebody else. Um, I said Rock, and I mean yeah, everybody. I mean Chappelle at this point, especially the generation that we came in. Of course, like Chappelle. Um, yeah. You know, I was in high school and I graduated in like '06, so like you know that the show came out in like '04. You know oh yeah, I mean? dude, fucking. And so yeah, I mean, we were on that very early. You know what I mean? Like that um, culture change, dude. That was a culture change. Yeah. Like, everybody, did you guys have the same experience? Like I think it was a Wednesday night show, Thursday morning, everybody was quoting. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, we'd be talking about it, especially like you know, I feel like it was a smaller group before when it was just kind of like the first season by Rick James, bitch. Everybody's talking about it. A, you know, I played football. Everybody's talking about the football field. They're like, we working out. We sitting here joking about shit like that. So yeah. Those I, those moments were funny, man. Like you know, so like I, those those also influenced me as well. Um, and then I, I think I also just uh, shout out to my father and uh, his storytelling abilities with his friends. I've always just been around with that. So it's okay. uh, how did that look? Just like growing up, he, they were all just sitting around shooting shit. Yeah, you know, he's a, he's somebody. He was friends over like play dominoes or like you know they used to play like Sega back in the day. Like play video oh, games really? and shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, damn. And they would be in the room talking shit. You know what I mean? Like drinking beer, smoking cigarettes, whatever the fuck. So like, you know, that, that also that camaraderie too, where you kind of see like, you know, black men being black men at a yeah. very young age is very funny too. Like, uh, so yeah, I mean, that's funny. I talk that way, but I, I keep that for like, you, you know how I speak to you a different way than I speak to like most people. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I've gotten that from as far as like, um, you know, my father's influence and shit. You know, my father would call somebody. He's very funny. Like I used to like as a kid, yeah. I used to like, listen for him to answer the phone because the way he used to greet his friends like they used to be like they would ring up and be like you old goat sniffing motherfucker what's going on nigga like <laughs> yeah yeah it was very funny like hearing my father like greet people I'm like alright like what is he gonna say this time you know what I mean wait so you uh, you're fucking uh, ear hustling on the other receivers yeah I'll be ear hustling then or like I said I'll be ear hustling whenever he's like with his friends talking shit about like whatever their experiences might be shit okay in terms of like influences is uh, is he Outside of that, hearing him tell stories and stuff, has he had any other influences on your comedy, whether uh, consciously or... I mean, shit, he's had so many influences on my life, both my parents, man. So my oh, father, so definitely, so man, like, um, yeah. I mean, like, especially comedic-wise, it's like, that's definitely uh, probably me expressing that side. <laughs> that You know, that like I might not always get a chance to express when I'm just, like, on my day-to-day. 
You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like, like the, I mean, that's kind of like how I started. People wanted me to do comedy because like the, the way I would, you know, we would talk in our personal conversations. They're like, I didn't even, you know, most people usually, you know, shocked that I even have these things to say when I put them over on the side. Cause it's just kind of like, friendly. It seems yeah. so unopinionated. Yeah. And so, but to me, it's like, not everybody is, uh, worthy of hearing my fucking opinion. <laughs> Which is really fucked up, especially in this, like, you know, outraged culture generation where everybody feels like they have to say some shit. I'm going to be honest with a lot of people on here, especially uh, if they're listening to DC Comedy Scene and they type every day. Dog, I don't give a fuck about what you have to say every day, dog. Like, you know what I mean? Like, take a break from that shit every now and then. You know what I mean? Breathe on the statuses. But how are you going to get followers? I mean, true, but I mean, for the most part, I mean, like I said, uh, it's just... uh, you don't want to see what I'm eating every day? Armand, is that the fuck you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't even mind those sometimes. Like I said, my, my, most, my, my main thing is, like, just people that, like, go out their way to purposely, like, instigate. It's like, dog, yeah. calm your ass down, bro. <laughs> well, there's a few of those guys I think we both know, which uh, will best remain under wraps for now because, you know, if you ever want to book me, feel free, especially <laughs> if it's paid. You know what I mean? booking you, bro. Let me stop being an ass. <laughs> Well, that's another thing too just like in terms of like standing out so obviously you have the the, the ridiculously well patterned man bun which you know uh it's definitely a black thing before white people had it just for clarity's sake rooted in ancient african culture very nice hair and white guys just put it up like you know they don't know how to do their hair in the morning like a white, like a, you ever, you ever had a sub of a woman and she had to like rush out the house? Or oh, she just threw the shit up. Yeah. That's what white men's man buns look like. Yours actually has like patterns and shit. So yeah. Compliments to that, even though it's still <laughs> dorky to me. Either way, it's terms of like standing out. You got the man bun. What else do you do? You got the music. What are the things that you try to do to stand out on stage? Be myself. Just be yourself. Oh, did, I, did we talk about this shit already? I don't know. I was. I don't think necessarily be myself, but um, just that direct about it anyway. I don't think yeah. I said it that direct. Okay. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's honestly, I mean, that's the thing about it. I, I stick out. I know I stick out and walk any fucking room, especially in the scene. You know, I don't know if that's a great thing or not always, you know, especially like, um, you know, we're, we're competition for other people. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like, uh, you can't tell me I don't stick out regardless of like, even outside of how I look, like I could cut my hair and actually get the same fucking reactions to, you know what I mean? Like, so I don't want everybody to be like, if you just, cause this hair is wrong and it's real pretty. Like, no, I still, <laughs> I would still be more entertaining than, than some, <laughs> so, sure, stuff, sure, but yeah. Sure, and sure. so, yeah, like, um, more than anything, like I said, I think just being you, I, like I said, I think the, me being myself and like not being as self-conscious as I really am about my friendliness and just kind of like letting that kind of yeah. like just be, you know what I mean? Like, I think that does help. Like, you know, uh, you'd be surprised. Like, I am self-conscious about that shit. You know what I mean? But it is what it is. Like I said, like, I'm very comfortable I mean, on stage with it. Yeah, because you're a human too. I yeah. Think everyone has like, you know, shit internally. Yeah. That's always going to bug them about yeah. themselves. Yeah. It's like my voice or, yeah. you know, your, your weirdness about yourself. Oh, yeah. no, man, you seem like, you know, a good dude to me and shit. Uh, I am personally surprised you don't get booked more for stuff. But at the same time, I guess it's just part of comedy nowadays. Like, yeah. You, you gotta know, be more entrepreneurial nowadays. Yeah. Like, what are you doing specifically to not just stand out on stage, but, like, carve your own lanes? Yeah, so, I mean, that's why I started to do a little bit more of, uh, like, online stuff. Like, that's why yeah, I started to be more, more, more courageous in putting out some of my material online. Yeah. 
Um, which I mean, that's I have a lot of just even sketches I've written up, but it's just yeah. so much energy to even try to get that out. It's so much different from stage. Like you know, I get on stage and write something, I'll go right on stage immediately. Yeah. Um, I write the sketches and I'm like, ah shit, now I gotta find people that fit these roles, and then I gotta actually get them to like want to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I have a. Those are definitely more elaborate than just the. Yeah. Single cam or two cam joints you see on like Instagram. Or yeah, and it's it's. It's hard to to do that one outside of that too. That's why it's so easy with the single shot. Is like let me just sit in my car and talk about like relationships and bitches and shit. It's very easy to do that type of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Not to like shit on anybody. You know what I mean? But I mean we well, know it's it, also it is what it is. It's like you see you literally see about hundred niggas doing it. So it's like okay, well clearly you know what I mean. So yeah, um, not to say that other people aren't doing the same shit I'm doing. I'm oh, not that yeah, fucking yeah. original, but um, yeah, it definitely takes a little bit harder to to do those type of things. Like I said, especially more so when you're just involving more people. True. Like, yeah. how long does it usually take? At least just for like, you've told me before, but like the music uh, parodies or the Instagram parodies. Like, how long do you actually spend on one from start? From start to finish. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it's funny because like you know I've had a lot of time. Luckily, I just recently like found a, a better job now. Yeah. But before I was had a lot of times. Um, and so like I would it would like I would finish a song in about twenty four hours. I would finish a song in about twenty four hours. Yeah. But I mean like. That's what, like, not sleeping, like, damn near, like, falling over as I'm, like, you know, cutting a song or something. Okay. And then from there, you know, th- that's another part. Then you got to take the song and then you do the video. So, like, you know. Yeah. That took a long time. Like, you know, um, the first parody that I've done was, like, the Bad and Bougie parody. Yeah, the Mio Joe. And uh, that one was hard. Just trying to get somebody to kind of understand your vision. Um, and it took, I'm glad I had to find the dude that, that did that, um. Damn, um, it's my friend Jason. But I'm like, what is his damn uh, hashtag? Fuck, Jason Hickson. Oh, okay. cool brother or whatever. Um, he's he done, directed he's, it, right? Yeah, yeah, he helped yeah. direct it or whatever. And it came out basically how I wanted to, especially like for my first uh, time shooting something. True. It okay. came out. Um, you know, it was very cool. Like the uh, second parody, I've done a few other ones, but like the most recent one I did is like the the uh, spell. I did another Migos one. I think I'm gonna be off of that shit. Um, but the, uh, the interview joint. No, yeah, the, the therapist one. That was the last one. That was I the last one. one. No, no, I haven't done any more okay. parodies. Okay. And um, that was the last parody I've done. And so, like, that was in January, and uh, that one was really fun, man. Like, getting a chance to actually do it with other comedians too. Like, so the yeah, last yeah. time I did it with like my friend and like another dude that also like shoot stuff, which is yeah. cool. But like to kind of have like other, I had Glenn with me um he was helping like shoot a lot of the stuff yeah, no, right, and yeah, then yeah. i also um had fernando um who like you know I, as soon as i wrote it i i saw fernando in it you know what i mean like um dumbass hat he wear <laughs> hey that hat's fly you know what i'm saying comedy used to wear that hat and <laughs> yeah, shout out to comedy yeah the and fernando and so yeah like um you know it was just one of these things where you know i had it written um but i feel like just having those uh like minds, uh, creative minds in a sense too, yeah. um, help boost that up even more. And like, you know, it's, it's always cool to have people that have more knowledge in you and other things too. Like, you know, Glenn had more knowledge in me and like shooting things. So like he made it look beautiful, you know I mean? What was very cool is like, you know, I didn't get like the, the most love from it, yeah. but like the actual show, um, the therapist yeah. or whatever, they actually uh, retweeted my post or whatever. Oh, really? like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, like nice. the, the producer from Viceland, like, like my shit. And so that was pretty dope. You know oh, what I mean? Shit. Okay. Um, but yeah, as far as like, you know, getting a, a million likes and like, you know, having my timeline, um, you know, understand it. It was yeah. even my, my sister was like, mom said she didn't get it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, but I mean, like how much, I mean, I can't expect like my mom to get, you know, shit about the Mikos. Though, to get the, um, 
the no 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 so i don't think okay. she understood it because this is like you know they don't it was actually a show i was i was doing you know what i mean too so yeah. I mean, it was even funnier. Like about two weeks ago, Donald Glover did it on like um, Saturday Night oh, yeah, Live, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that was kind of that was kind of cool. You know what I mean? Seeing like it's been some other things that I've actually outside of just that that particular sketch that I've done that you see get put up like on the internet. Like one of people doing shit, yeah. And so, like I said, that's that's very inspiring to be like, okay, well, I think I'm on the right mark. Like as much as I might not get accepted by certain people, um, I know my comedy is doing well because it's being shared on the internet. It may not be from my platform, but same exact type of like I said space so it's like you know hey just you know try to like rub with the right people True. And maybe uh you know maybe one day I'll, I'll I'll get those type of uh responses when I do my material you know what I mean Dude, I mean you already get it on stage but yeah it's not like you know wrong but yeah I mean you know I'll night, tell you this so. um you know I've, I've also had a very uh that's another reason why it's, oh, I'll tell you another reason one one thing that um in the scene a lot we have a lot of peers that are you know, like our big brothers to us that will tell us about, you know, what we should do, what we should not do. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've lucked up with that a lot of us don't is like, I've, you know, I had the chance to be around people um, through work, like outside, oh, yeah, outside of comedy. Like, you know, like um, I've done security and different things. I do security for like the BT Awards. Yeah. I've had a chance to like, you know, um, be introduced to like James Davis, Chris Spencer, um, Billy Sorrell's gave me the best information, and this is just like really? you know as far the as the newer like, dude, Billy Sorrell, yeah, with the okay. with the thick waves, yeah, he basically, uh, you know, told me like, hey man, you can't just do stand up, you know what I mean? You know, you have to like, well, you got to host what you're doing, like you have to be fully immersed in this type of stuff. You need to be making videos. You need to be making this like. There's so much money to grab in different places. You can't just sit in this one spot and expect to get growth from there. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I was like, thanks, man. You know, I, you know, and then like I also like maybe like my first like six months into doing comedy, I did a job in Atlanta where I drove around like Bill Bellamy and Ricky Smiley and Dion Cole. Oh, you already doing comedy. Aaron Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I was already I had just did comedy. So I mean I don't think I even told anybody I was doing it because I was like how the fuck I look like telling somebody like I just started doing comedy for six months? You've been doing it for twenty seven years. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so yeah, like so I just kind of stayed quiet and uh, you know I think like, oh, I told yeah. I think I told Aaron Jackson and uh, another dude named Johnny Sanchez and Dion that I did comedy. Everybody else I didn't say shit about that too. You just try to soak it up. Yeah, and then like I soaked majority of stuff up, but all those three people I had named that gave me some really good information as well and very inspiring. So you know to kind of see some of our big brother peers kind of like you know. They do the same thing, but it can be a little bit of uh, deterring. I just kind of like, you know, yeah. uh, brush that shit off because I, you know, I've, I've lucked up and I've had the chance to be in the presence of some people that I know uh, is actually doing something, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. It's best not the name. Oh, no, I'm not saying that. Oh, no, you're good. Is there a reason why you asked uh, certain people over others when you were doing that gig specifically? No, no. I mean, it was funny just because, like, it just kind of naturally went that way. Okay. Um, Aaron Aaron and Johnny were kind of like the newer kind of... Everybody else been doing it for a minute. They were kind of like, you know, like younger comedians and shit. They're kind of like, just like, you guys are new guys. So, like, it was easy for me to talk to them. You know what I mean? Like, um, at first, like, it's funny. Like, anybody's personality, too, you can... You can be deterred by that. When I saw Bill Bellamy. You know, he dresses like he's younger than me. So, like, I was like, this nigga's gonna be an asshole. <laughs> Hold on. He was amazing. He yeah, was very yeah. nice and um, really had good energy and, like, you know. Yeah, I saw him in, uh, in person in the yeah. improv, dude. Nothing but yeah. positive vibes positive, from dude. Yeah, positive energy, man. Really good dude. And so that was the funny part about it seeing um, 
you know, those different personalities too. There were other people I got a chance to do because like uh, as a uh, producer named Royale Watkins okay. that was um, producing the show. And so that's really cool seeing that. I mean, he does very well. He still does comedy, but he also produces okay. like shows in New York and L.A. And, uh, you got to be everywhere. Like, yeah. Uh, what's the name said? But, yeah. Okay. And so, you know, that's just learning those things as far as like how to, you know, I haven't learned how to produce shows yet. I mean, I feel like it's so oversaturated. I, I'll take my time on that. But Shoot, um, man. I've been thinking about producing some recently just based on like some other models I have, yeah. I've seen. But is it, I guess, when do you, in terms of, I guess, like just moving this a little bit, Next question, what do you think are your next moves just in any sort of part of comedy? Uh, my next moves in comedy, honestly, um, is just moving on to a new place, honestly. That's like, uh, as much as, I mean, I don't I don't know any, D- as many as DC greats, you know, come from DC. I don't yeah. know plenty of them that were great in DC. I don't know too many of them that come back. Mm. True. So with that being said, I mean shout out to Tony for coming back. Tony Woods is like one of the better comedians. He comes and gives us fucking yeah. You Tony, know what I mean? Tony Woods is that dude. Surprisingly, uh, I was doing a, a work gig yesterday and I was driving one of my coworkers home because mm-hmm. I have a car and she was like, yeah. So I went to the show, blah blah blah. I put on and there was this really funny guy on stage that was mm-hmm. the headliner. Uh, he seemed drunk most of the time, <laughs> but he was really funny. I was like, was he? Was he black and bald? It's like that sounds funny. That's Tony Woods. He's mm. like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, you should Google that. I'm pretty sure if you Google Tony Woods, that's exactly who it was. She's like, I don't know, but I'll, I'll do it in like two seconds. Later, he's like, oh my god, that, that is, is him. <laughs> how did you know? It's like that's what Tony does. Like he's that kind of dude. But all I have to say, he's still killing it here in DC. For whatever reason, he's back. But still, he's one of those oh, dudes yeah. who I mean. In terms of that can go anywhere. Yeah, and he's also somebody that's given good 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 knowledge too. And uh, yeah, I mean he's do he's done a lot more things than I think anybody else in the scene that happens. In yeah, DC. and like I said, it's, it's very and he's willing to share. It. It's also organic. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like this motherfucker's coming out here to be like, "Hey, young blood, I got something to tell you," because I got all the knowledge. It's like nah, he just kind of like you know we'll be talking and he'll be yeah. like, "Jewel," we like, "Oh nigga, thanks, that was random." Um. <laughs> And that's if he wants to talk to you. Yeah, you talk yeah. to everybody, so if you do get one, especially yeah. in a one-on-one... You're like, oh, thanks. I was, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It'd be like really random where you'll just be like, hey, how was your day? You'd be like, yeah, blah, 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 blah. You're like, oh, okay. Like, you know what I mean? Stage. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I should be more conscious of who's oh, he'll give, he'll give you like a colorful story or some shit. You'd be like, that's actually pretty cool. Thanks for letting me know about that. Yeah, sometimes I like, I, I'll just ear hustle on his conversation. Yeah. Just to hear him tell a story, because I suck at storytelling. So. <laughs> yeah, just to hear He's, people, like how, how he moves. Like, how well it's done and shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, shout out to fucking Tony for being here and shit. But you want to move, well, you said you're moving, I think, next year, right? Mm-hmm. L.A. Uh, what other, in terms of like, I guess, branching yourself out in comedy, not just different scenes. What, yeah. what, did, what other moves do you So yeah, it's make? definitely doing, I need to do, I mean, it's funny, doing more parodies, I've definitely gotten it into like, you know, doing the, uh, the face type of like uh what am i trying to say you know everybody's Social doing media? yeah like the face to face type of like i'm interacting you know directly to you type oh, of so type of videos yeah so every now and then i it, the thing that does kind of it's weird as far as like you know everything's so um you know something big will come up like you know like the donald glover thing or like r kelly or something that everybody wants to kind of talk about it yeah. it's, it's hard to like that, that's where i'm like i don't know how my voice is going to be so much different from other people so a lot of something is kind of like stay back because it's very oversaturated. So it's like most of the yeah. time I do, if I do put those videos out, something that I thought was funny or something that spoke to me at the moment, 
Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's usually not, an, uh, usually no one else is doing that, that, that subject matter. You so know, you like might see it, you might see it on Jesus and Mero like the next day or something. You know okay. what I mean? But you they're know. like a talk show. So I mean, yeah, I mean, the one thing show. that I luck up with is like, I can get it out in the morning before they get out in the evening. So like, you know what I'm saying? That's what I, I'll, I'll have something out and I'll be like, damn, they just did the video like about 12 hours before, but that's because they, you know, yeah. yeah. 12 so, hours after, man. But yeah. So your thing is just being more, in terms of getting more social media content out there. Yeah. You try to keep it organic. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm kind of, it's it's hard to not want to do that whole social media grind as far as, like, trying to get, because that's all they want. You ain't got some followers? It's, yo, dog, it's just... That's how you get booked. No, I know. I mean, and so it's it's hard to, I mean, you do have to do it, but it's like, I don't know. I haven't found the way for me personally to infiltrate that and and get those people to understand my personality fully. Well, would you say you don't know how to do that at the moment you're trying to learn it? While also just trying to feel good about yourself while doing it. Yeah. So you don't feel like you're whoring yourself out. Yeah. That's what I get worried about. Yeah. You know, like, um, I I did a parody for This Is America, actually. and uh, Already? Kinda, yeah. I make some shit fast, bro. Oh, shit. You Were know you what I mean? One, uh, did you do the one about the, the feminist? Was that you? No, you? that's funny. I gave it to the white <laughs> woman and she drowned. No, um, <laughs> She should have. And so that's, I mean, you see those type of things. Uh, mine wasn't as, I mean, it wasn't as controversial, but it was. Yeah. It also wasn't light like the other ones too. So that was the yeah. one thing that I was like, uh, I don't want to be preachy on that song because I wasn't really trying to be preachy. It was just more of like a comedy. Like a real parody. Yeah, like a real parody, yeah. you know what I mean? But it was like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, And then like you see like all these damn Donald Glover think pieces out. And it's like, uh, do I want to be lost in the shuffle of everybody that just wants to be heard? So they're just saying shit like to be saying shit. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, I kind of backed away from it. I might put it out. I never know. But like right now, it's definitely. Oh, it's not even out yet. Uh-uh, it's in the can. I definitely like kind of like put that to the side where it's like, mm. like one thing I've also looked with is I have people I like, creatively like right. That's what I'm moving to LA with. Yeah. It's some people that I kind of like bounce ideas off of and different things like that. Like one of my best buddies who's not feeling that shit. Like, he he liked it, but it was like kind of the same exact. Your song. Or yeah, the song. Oh, like okay. he liked the song, but it was just kind of like it's not. It's not like you know all the other parodies that I did. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, the little Uzi bird and talking about, you know, joking about weed or like joking about oh, yeah. like, you know, 21 Savage bank account. I'm joking about like, you know, college student loan debt, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a little bit different. So it was just kind of like, uh, it's too similar. yeah, I mean, it's too similar, but like I said, it just, it just felt like I was just latching, latching on. And so, um, I just was like, I'll pass on it. True. Okay, well, I know you gotta go soon, so I'm gonna end it with this last question. In terms of advice you received, I know you shared some stuff about like Billy Sorrells and what he shared with you, but what are like one or two pieces of advice you, that have really helped you in comedy hmm. uh, that you could share? Unless they're that damn good, you wanna keep it to yourself. Totally understand. I'm trying to think about. Um... The best, the best advice that I've gotten from somebody. I'm like, damn, what, what have I gotten? Like, basically, that the Billy Sorrell's one was just kind of be more. Um, I think the, I mean, honestly, the best advice I've gotten is just pure experience. You know what I mean? Of just kind of like, yeah. you know, um, get your reps type shit. Not even that. Like, okay. just kind of seeing like how it works is like, you know, maybe getting a door slammed in your face, or you're not necessarily being accepted this way, or like, you know, those those type of things kind of uh, are the learning experiences to me. You know what I mean? Especially on the stage. I mean, like, you know, I think, you know, especially I always try to tell people, like, you, you go out almost every day. You're somebody that's very dedicated Trust to the crowd. Me, yeah. 
And um, I can't always go out as much as everybody does, you know? Yeah. Um, one thing I can always say, um, the best advice for me is, I can say this, is like, um, it's a gym. It's a workout, you know? But just like a workout, you can't work out every day and expect to be strong. You're going to strain yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, so yeah, it's yeah. like, you know, the thing about it is like, I also happen to see people that just go to the gym just for the sake of be going to the gym. You know what I mean? Like, are you are you on the treadmill right now eating Snickers, nigga? Oh. You need to be <laughs> at the gym working on specific shit. When niggas that are swole are going to the gym, I'm working on my legs. Yeah. I'm working on my chest. I'm doing cardio today. Today's a leg day. Yeah. Today's an arms day type shit like that. Okay. Yeah. And so that's kind of like how I approach it. I make sure that I, you know, try to get my full body workout with the chances I get. I still go about two, three times a time, but that's probably the best way. And, uh, oh, yeah, don't let other amateurs out-amateur you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I always tell people this is like, yeah. you know, the only time somebody, an amateur is out-amateur somebody is a porno. You know what I mean? Like, we're hey, all... Shout out to amateur porn, man. My favorite genre and shit. But amateur comedy, we're all in the same boat together. You know what I mean? There's no, yeah. there's no hierarchy to amateur comedy. Yeah, you know like what I mean? some dude tried to show me up. Thing it was last year or some shit like I've done this under this I've done this oh I've gotten that so like, many times yeah dude but we're all here at the same open mic yeah so. I mean somebody tried to tell me they literally got a thousand hours in <laughs> like I've done this and it's like good for you yeah what more do you expect yeah or good why for do you. you expect any shit it's, yeah you're not doing it for me yeah I mean I think people that are like you know self conscious about actually making people laugh say shit to you like that. <laughs> I concur. I, uh, because this is not that kind of podcast, we will not... Oh, I'm, I don't even have any specific names <laughs> oh, half no, the time I, I was do. even saying. I do. Oh, okay. I'm just yeah, saying. like anything I said, there was nothing out specifically, you know, that I was I felt about anybody. You know, quite honestly, I was just talking to be talking. Yeah, and you just notice things like, okay. You yeah. Put that in your little mental log. Like, yeah. I remember that shit. But all yeah, right. more uh, than anything, um, you know, support black comedy, black comedians. White, I mean, all comedy, quite honestly. Like, I, I'm not somebody that's like... Even... But black more so, because we're better <laughs> at it. Fuck that shit, man. Wouldn't, yeah. that be, wouldn't that be no strong-ass white comedy today without strong-ass black comedians? Oh, yeah. I feel like, you know, that's why we have to be there anyway. It's just like, I mean, if you, who's going to push who's gonna push the envelope to make it better other than black entertainers? Oh, uh, white people will do it. Who's gonna do it well? Because I even when I had Terrence on last week, his bigger influences were like uh, Def Comedy Jam and yeah. shit like that. So like, nah, motherfuckers, y'all definitely get shit from Black culture, and I mean, and, and that, that's how I feel about it. I have evidence to back it up. Oh yeah, you don't have to agree with me. Not no, I, I mean, there's like people you don't have to agree, but nah, man, we we do the shit the best. <laughs> there we there we go. Black comedy telling our truth. Fucking, uh, all right, man. Any last words? No, I mean, I'm good, man. Just, uh, I guess you can check me out online. Give you guys my little tags and shit. Um, Armon, A-R-M-O-N underscore online is basically anywhere you can find me. That's, uh, Facebook, Instagram, SoundClouds, where you get all those parodies. Okay. Of course, Facebook as well. And yeah. You want Twitter? Yes, Twitter as well. I, I, yeah, I, every now and then, if I feel like saying some shit, I might say it on Twitter, but I don't speak too much on Facebook. So if you want to, if you want to hear me talk about some shit every now and then, I, I might put a status up on on Twitter. Okay. Um, you got any uh, shows or anything you want to plug coming up? Or? Let's see. I do have a show on the twenty second with my boy Glennie Mac. Let me actually get the exact. 
location for you guys, for you guys won't just be like, I mean, well, he said something on the 22nd. That is May 22nd, right? Yes, May 22nd. Okay, that's Tuesday, May 22nd. And then Glenn McDonald. <laughs> Glenn Lawrence McDonald, the homie who, uh, you know, is a yogi and shit. He's got a show coming up next. Oh, shit. Okay, so this will drop on the 20th. Okay, and yeah. And that'll be out on the 22nd. So, that? yeah, it's going to be at a place called The Wonder Garden. And okay. that's 1101 First Street, Northeast, Washington, D.C. The show starts at 730 and it's free. And uh, it actually has a few good people that I'm excited to go see today. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we got some good people on the lineup, including myself. And uh, definitely come out, man. Okay. And what time is that again? That's at 730. 730, Tuesday, May 22nd, The Wonder Garden. Wonder Garden, yes. Garden with a T, right? Yes. It's mm-hmm. German shit uh, on Tuesday. So, come check out Armand on Tuesday. This will drop, of course, on Sunday. So, it's not like you don't have time to listen and support and shit. But yeah, Armand, thanks for having you. Uh, thanks for coming out, dude. Glad to have you on and shit, man. Uh, th- for you guys listening, this has been another episode of On the Ground with Justin Brown. My guest, Armand, uh, Armand Tate. Thank you, bro. Armand, the comedian. I'll never <laughs> let him live that shit down. My first stage name. And the last one I will acknowledge. It might just be by. Armand. We'll see. We'll see soon. Armand, the comedian. Love to have you on. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Uh, take care. Appreciate you.